What are we celebrating this evening as we acknowledge Christ as the King of the universe? We celebrate his victory, his triumph over sin, over evil, over death, and over every single force that opposes his plans for us. And he began speaking about this kingdom of which he's the king right at the beginning of the gospel when he was launching his ministry at the shores of the Sea of Galilee, he announced the kingdom. We read, for example, in Mark's gospel, chapter 1, after John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, the good news of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So this was his very first preaching. The kingdom of God is at hand, is approaching, is near. Something new is offered to you. Repent, receive it, believe in what I am saying. He said by, by offering this, he was offering a new ingredient that he wanted to introduce in the history of humankind, something unprecedented that hadn't happened before, but with him was something new. This new ingredient was meant to work like yeast in the wheat flour, making the whole batch leavened. It's gonna be a small ingredient, apparently, but a very powerful ingredient. And this new ingredient coming from heaven to earth was he himself because the Lord was God made flesh so he took upon ourselves upon himself excuse me our own nature and by doing that he became a bridge through which we can now have access to God we can cross over that bridge and live in communion with God the Father as children of the Father as brothers and sisters so we can with him and through him and because of this new ingredient begin to live in a different way to live like him to receive part of his own or from his own humanity he said i am divine you are the branches we are united you're grafted into me through you runs this new life this new ingredient the grace that flows from my risen heart and transform your own humanity you can live in a different way now, there's something new, a new opportunity, a breakthrough, a new step, something that I'm bringing that wasn't here before. And believe me, it's such a powerful ingredient. Last night, I was in a retreat with a group of men, Hispanic, many of them from El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and most of them came recently. They have family, they have children, and many, many of them were, have not been to confession for, you know, 14 years, 15 years, 20 years, and they were invited to this retreat in which we preach the gospel, and you should have seen that when they went to confession, what a powerful thing was happening in their lives. They were opening their hearts, and this seed of something new was being introduced in them by this sacrament of confession. And I was watching this happening before my own eyes. 
the kingdom of God is arriving to this man. And this seed that is planted tonight, if they collaborate with it, will bear much, much fruit, has the power to change everything. In fact, it's the most powerful ingredient. There's nothing like it, because it comes from heaven. A while ago, I received an email from a student, and this student said, my priorities gradually shifted over time, shifted over time, and my mind, it is a sense of mindfulness and peace. I no longer have bad days, but testing my faith days. I thought that was very powerful. I don't know, I, I no longer measure things by bad or, or good, but how this, as it comes from God, is testing my faith. How can I grow through this? I live now in abundance and gratitude, for there's always enough in this life. So her whole outlook changed as she received in her heart this new ingredient. So today, we begin by saying, Lord, come and reign in my life. You are the king. You are this new ingredient that has been introduced in my life, and today I want to proclaim it. I want to open the soil of my life so that this new ingredient can bear much fruit. When you allow the Lord to reign in your life, when you proclaim him your king, when you start living under the rule of his kingdom, so to say, then you begin seeing amazing things. Because when you obey the Lord, when you proclaim him the king, then you are free from this world. You don't obey anyone else, ultimately. And whoever you obey, you obey in as much as somehow reflects to you his authority as the king of the universe. So sure, we live in a society, we live with others, we have to obey rules, but we acknowledge them somehow coming from God. So when you kneel before the king, the world shakes, because right there, there's a free man and a free woman kneeling before God and strong before the world. And from that relationship, from, that, from, from the fact that you proclaim yourself his subject, subject to this king, from there it develops, develops into a friendship. You begin to feel, think, desire, serve, as Jesus wants to do it in your life. It's beautiful. The more you proclaim him the king, the more transformation you undergo. The freer you become, the stronger you become. But what is even better, when this happens not only to one person, but to a group of people that are connected amongst themselves, then that kingdom that is inside becomes visible. It's tangible. People begin to see that not only in the life of one person, but now in the life of a community, of a group of people that somehow have proclaimed, each one of them, and collectively, that Jesus is the king by the way they interact, by the way they behave, by the way they speak. There's something that is from above, and people can notice. You know, in, in, in cities like this one, 
we have, for example, Chinese uh, restaurants or Thai restaurants or Mexican restaurants. And when we go to one of these, we know that we're not in Thailandia or, 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 or in Thailand or in Mexico or in China, but we acknowledge that something of those countries somehow is, is, is in that place. The food, the smell, the, the decoration, everything speaks about some other country. Well, this kingdom, when it's manifested in the church, is something like that. We, as a church, are called to be, if you want, a heavenese community. So that people come and somehow see something that is not from us, that it belongs to God, but somehow informs our lives and is visible by the way we act, by the way we interact with each other as well. And from that community in which the kingdom of God is manifested, then we are sent to the world to be salt of the earth and light of the world. We are not called to the church to stay in the church, clustered among ourselves. We are called to the church to be nourished, to be equipped, to be reminded of the kingdom of heaven to which we belong, and then to be sent into the world where we live our lives into the hospitals and classrooms and offices and family lives and university and everywhere. We are sent to somehow spread the flavor of the kingdom, the flavor of the gospel, the smell of this king through our lives. And this metaphor is not of my own. St. Paul speaks of the smell of Christ, the aroma of Christ that, that, we, are, that we are called to, to spread. We exercise this beneficial influence, if you want, that is not ours, that comes from heaven, but has impacted in our lives, and we are called to somehow share it with others. It's a more, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an influence that, that makes everything more human, more just, more beautiful. Today we celebrate that the kingdom of God has won. Not only that Jesus is the king, but he's the victorious king. He has prevailed. We know that we fight battles now, cultural struggles and individual struggles, but we also believe that he's resurrected and reigning in heaven. And this kingdom that he announced at the shores of Galilee has already won, is already victorious. The Lord wants this connection between his kingdom and the way we live as a society. So this is also a reminder that the gospel is meant to somehow permeate our, the way we live as a community, in the church, in the family, in the big community, and in the world. I read a while ago this book by Peter Hitchens, The Rage Against God, and this was a former atheist. He was a journalist, and he was an atheist. He was the brother of Christopher Hitchens, another famous atheist. And he converted to Christianity, and one of the reasons why he converted was living in Russia in the 90s. And he describes the impact of an atheist society, the impression of moral collapse, 
of, of weakening of the fabric of society slowly brought him to this conviction that, that we cannot live without God as a community. We need God. We are created by him. He wrote, I decided from then on that religion was not merely a personal thing, but it was about the nature of the society in which I live. So this celebration is meant to somehow remind us, us and remind us of this truth, that our faith somehow is interior, it is planted in our hearts, it transforms our lives, but it's meant to flow from our hearts into the way we live and into the fabric of society as well. It is meant to somehow permeate, to exercise its beneficial influence through us. We are the agents of this kingdom. So it goes from within to our culture to, to inside out, so to say. And, you know, in this dialogue that, that Jesus has with Pilate, it's the perfect balance because Jesus says, I am a king, not of this world. So he has the ultimate authority that does not come from this world, but is meant to be exercised in this world. Jesus is not competing with Pilate. In another dialogue that we haven't heard, but, but it's, in, in, it's further, Jesus says to Pilate, because Pilate says to Jesus, don't you know that I can crucify you or I can free you? And Jesus says, you would have, you would have zero authority over me. You have no authority over me unless my father has given that authority. I, I am the one who holds the tents. I am the king. But I'm not here to compete with you. I'm here to transform you so that you can exercise your God-given authority in a way which will be beneficial for others. And that's our call. What would have happened is if Pilate would have converted? When Jesus says, I am the truth. You say so, I am the king. What would have happened, Pilate, instead of saying, oh, what is the truth, if he would have opened his, his heart? Who knows, but for sure he would have been able to exercise a beneficial influence for so many. And the higher you are, the many you can somehow impact. But we're all called to do that, to allow the king to transform us from within and from there to irradiate, if you want, his kingdom to others. Let us lift up our hearts in this celebration. We will proclaim in the creed soon that he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, that his kingdom will have no end, this part of our creed, part of our faith, we believe that. Let us proclaim him today, the king of our lives, the king of our families, the king of our activities, the king of the church, and the king of the world.